That was about right. Somebody give him praise all over this room this morning. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm so glad to see you in the house of God today. I know this is a big travel time. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm so thankful. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. As you're turning there, I just want to thank every tither, every giver, every person that is a steward of what God has given you, and you trust this place to be your storehouse. I'm grateful this morning for the privilege of you allowing Judah to be the place where you trust. We were we had an elders meeting last week, last weekend, and um, and I'm, I'm so thankful. It just over the last well, we've only been in existence ten years in April. We'll be ten years old in April. Amen. Ten years old. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thankful to God. Ten years old, man. Where did ten years go? Do you look look and see what ten years has done to me? I used to have long hair. I used to look like that dude right there. Hallelujah. And then some of y'all showed up and all of a sudden think I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. In, in our elders meeting. Our uh, lead elder, as it relates to the area of stewardship finances, informed us year to, year to date that, I mean, God is just so good, and, and you're so faithful, and I'm so thankful that we're so blessed. Okay, maybe you're not. I'm so thankful we're blessed. Hallelujah. I had a testimony, just quick testimony as we move into our tithe, season of tithe and offerings, our giving today. Um, I had lunch a couple of weeks ago with one of the men in our church. It was about three and a half, four years ago. In one of the services, I just began to just feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit that God was going to not just bring people with money into the room, but that God was going to raise up people. The word the Lord gave me was he was going to raise up multimillionaires, going to raise up millionaires through in this house. Now, you don't have to receive it if you don't want to. Hallelujah. That's about three or four years ago, and I said, if that's in your spirit, that God wants to bless you, anoint you with giving, that that, that the wealth of the wicked is not just laid up for the righteous, but is to be gone and given over to the righteous. And, and I asked every person who was an entrepreneur, had a desire to be an entrepreneur, to lift their hands, and in that moment, we just began to pray the prayer of faith. I had lunch. Um, it's probably been about a month ago now with, with one of the gentlemen, and, and he reminded me of that service. He said, do you remember the day when you began to declare, not that God was just going to bring in people with, with resources, but that God was going to raise up people that he could trust in this house with resources? I said, yeah. He said, I don't know if anybody's introduced themselves to you yet, but I just wanted you to know I was in that service, and my wife and I lifted our hands, and I don't know if anybody's told you yet, but we're one of the millionaires that God has just now raised up. Now, you would have been a whole lot more happy if that was you. Come on, but if he'll do it for one person, he'll do it. Come on. Come, come on. Come on. Hallelujah. He said, I just want to introduce myself. I'm one of those people. I said, I'm going to check your tithe records. Hallelujah. I'm just kidding. Y'all know I don't play that. I'm just teasing. I have no idea who gives what, how much. I don't do that. Hallelujah. Um, if I, That's just not how I roll. I saw too many people that were manipulative. Church was a game, and you could only have access to the pastor based upon how much you gave. And I don't know how much you give. If you're going to become a leader here, I need to I ask the lead elder in, in charge of finances to make sure that you are consistent. Because if you'll steal from God, 
there's no need in us trusting you either. And so they don't, I don't ever know. I know consistency. I don't know numbers because, listen, it's not about where you are. Come on, it's about being faithful where you are. And today, I just want to declare to somebody who's trying to trust God in the area of finances, I can tell you the stories. I've been in this season, that situation where I'm always given based upon what I believe in God's going to do. Faithful time after time after time. When he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Come on. Now, he may have had to prune some things. But his seed didn't ever have to go begging for bread. Aren't you thankful that that's the promise? That's our inheritance? Come on, aren't you thankful today? I pray, Lord, that you would bless every tither, every giver. In this room, watching online today, I ask you, Lord, for your hand of mercy, your hand of grace to be sitting on us, Lord. And I just ask you here by faith, Lord, that you would continue to stir the pot of what you're raising in resources in the lives of these, your sons and daughters. Not just believing for this, your house, because you always are good to take care of your house. But, Lord, our giving is a reminder that we trust you with our house today and that you are faithful, that the world may have to worry about inflation, but we know that you are the God who provides all for your people. And we thank you that we're a part of that in Jesus' name. Every cheerful giver giving praise in the room this morning. Amen. Amen. The Gospel of Luke, Gospel of Luke chapter 1, um, I just want you to know I, if I don't spend time with you today, it's not because I don't want to, but uh, I've been dealing with some congestion, and just in case you're wondering, we're going to have a repeat of last year when I said, oh, this ain't COVID, it ended up being COVID. For me, hallelujah. Uh, there have been COVID tests being given in my house. This is just a, I know, I know this is weird, but this is a genuine sinus infection. Okay, all right. COVID test. My wife has boxes of COVID tests in my home. And so I just want you to be at peace today. If you hear me hacking and cacking, it's actually a cold. Okay. So I'm just going to stay away and be a little bit distant from you today than normal as we're leaving, just because I just want you to be at peace. Amen? And Mr. Salman, if you can crank that monitor, that will save me by third service. The gospel of Luke, because I feel like preaching this morning. Hallelujah. The Gospel of Luke, chapter number one, is where we're going to end up today. Uh, we're in the series, Never the Same. And, and the subtitle of this message this morning is, How Do I Become Never the Same? Well, here's how. I'm going to give you the secret ingredients. I'm going to give you the secret sauce for how to live a life that is full of gratitude in living never the same. If you're not satisfied with where you are today, if you're not satisfied, we're thankful that God saved us, that he redeemed us, that he washed us, that he became the substitution for our sins and our atonement. I'll deal with that next week on Christmas Sunday. I'm thankful for all of those things, but there was a desire to go into deeper realms, the higher realms of glory on the inside of our lives. There's something more. I don't want to just get into heaven because he saved me, but I want to live heaven on earth in my life today. When, when he said that whatsoever things we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I want the looseness of heaven to be released in my life here on earth. I don't want to just get to heaven, but I want heaven to also have the power to come down to me. 
Here's how that happens today. I, last week, I, 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 honestly, this wasn't my message, but I felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to shift to go a little bit deeper as it related to last week. And last week in the Gospel of John, chapter number five, we talked about the lame man at the pool of Bethesda, the five porches, the pool of Bethesda, and, and made the statement that Jesus looked at him and said in verse number six, will you be made well? The question is not that, that I can't heal you. The question is, will you be made well? Will you be made well? Will you, will you have a desire to walk in the wholeness and the healing and the miracle work and power that God has for you? His response to that man, or to Jesus, as Jesus asked the man, the lame man at the pool of Bethesda, his response was, well, I don't have a man. I don't have a man. I don't have a man. And, and here's what the man was saying. The man was saying that what you're asking of me, I don't have the power to do within myself. And what you're asking of me, I don't have the right relationship to come together with that can put me in the place where I can walk in the miracle that I believe God has for my life. It's not a lack of desire. I just feel like there's something on the inside of me that I don't have to be able to accomplish this. And there's, some, there's a relationship that I'm not connected with to be able to move this in. His response was, I have no man. Uh, but this is not the first time we've heard this response. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter number one, this is a Christmas message, by the way. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter number one, we see that the messenger angel, the archangel Gabriel, has now come down to a virgin named Mary. Watch this. Heaven is about to announce destiny over this daughter. That heaven has now come to the situation, and he's looked at this one woman that was pure, this young girl that was full of purity, and she was in a relationship with a man named Joseph. They were fiancés, and and. and they were ready to be betrothed, and, and they were coming to this virgin's house named Mary. And the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, came down to this virgin named Mary, and he said, watch this. He said, I want you to rejoice, verse 28. I want you to rejoice, you highly favored woman. I, I want you to rejoice, highly favored one. Why? Because the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Listen, listen to what he's saying. He says, I want you to praise God for what it is that I'm about to say. I don't want you to wait for me to say it. I don't want you to wait for you to see it. But I want you to believe by faith. I'm telling you right here. Heaven has come and rejoice because heaven's about to say something over your situation. You're pure enough. You're the daughter he's been looking for. He's been roaming the earth trying to find this. And I don't want you to take a praise break after it's over with. I want you to rejoice from the onset that heaven has shown up. And I'm here today to tell somebody in this room, you ought to give God praise because heaven has come to your situation. Don't wait to what he has to say about it. Don't wait to what you get to see it manifest in your life. You ought to start with rejoicing. Heaven says you ought to start with the praise just because you felt heaven come into the room. He says, I want you to rejoice, highly favored one. Praise God for what is about to take place. Because watch this, you are favored. Rejoice because you are favored. Rejoice, favored one of God. You ought to rejoice simply because you know favor sits on your life. I, I want you to praise me. Praise God because favor is on you. It doesn't matter how fair things have been. It doesn't matter how situations that come into your life. It may not be that you feel like favor. But the fact that heaven has come down and said, you are favored, it is an indicator that that's a reason to give him praise. As a matter of fact, let's take a praise break right here. Every favorite daughter of the king, every favorite son of the king, why don't you just rejoice right here for the favor that's on your life? Woo! 
Here's the favor. You ready? Because the Lord is with you. I need you to understand. He may not be with everybody, but the Lord is with you. That the Lord is with you. He's with you. He's in this situation. He's not watching you. He's not some agnostic God that came and set this up and left you. No, the Lord is with you. He's with you in the good times. He's with you in the bad times. He's with you when everything is okay. He's with you when you feel like all hell is breaking loose. The Lord is with you when you got money. The Lord is with you when you don't got the money. I need you to know today, you may be even walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but you don't have to fear evil, for the Lord is with you. He's with you. He's a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. He's a very present help, even in the times of trouble. He's a, oh God, he's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a pro. Anybody grateful this morning that the Lord is with you? Your mama may not be with you. Your daddy may not be with you. Your loved one may not be with you, but I'm here today to tell you, you ain't never been in bed by yourself. You ain't never gone through a situation by yourself. The Lord is with you. Anybody grateful? Give him praise all over this. You ought to rejoice because the Lord is with you. He's with you. Even if the money's not with you, even if the family's not with you, even if the boss is not with you, he, oh, God, have mercy. The Lord is with you. Rejoice. Highly favored for the Lord. The Lord, not just God, but the one who is in charge of all things. Not just God who kind of took care of everything, but the Lord, the one who is sovereign over your life. That's the one. The one who has the right to make authority. The supreme ruler of the age. The sovereign one. The ancient of days. Come on. He is the one that is with us. He's with us. And let me just tell you, if he's with you, everybody else might as well get with you. Hallelujah. <laughs> For blessed are you among women. Blessed are you among women. This is what heaven said. Don't be looking at everybody else. I'm here today to tell you what you are. The Lord said, don't. Gabriel said, no, nah, it's not, it doesn't matter what they think you are. This is not about comparison. You're blessed among women. It doesn't say you're better than women among women, but you're blessed among women. Why are you blessed? Why do you have favor? Simply because God decided it to be so. Decided it to be so. But when she saw him, look at this. She was troubled. Oh, if I could go back to last week's message. That every time you see trouble, the Bible tells us that he is a very present help in that her response was trouble on the inside. But what heaven was saying with this trouble, that heaven's announcement is that the I am is now here. She was tr in trouble. She had trouble on the inside. And I am came in and said, listen, that's just the announcement that I am is here. I'm here today to tell you, it doesn't matter what trouble you're facing. It doesn't matter what trouble you're into. You can look at the trouble for what it is, or you can look at it as the announcement card for the wedding ceremony of the covenant of God showing up in your life. She was in trouble. She had trouble and considered this in her response. Mm. And then heaven comes down, Gabriel comes down and says, listen, you're troubled, but don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. See, yeah, huh. don't be afraid of found favor. 
You're afraid because this is now new. You're afraid because heaven has made manifestation in a way that you've never understood or seen before. This is now another dimension of who God is, and, and the opportunity for fear is now here. But you have a choice today, ladies and gentlemen. You can be afraid, or you can rejoice over found favor. That every time he brings you to a new realm of manifestation in his life, you have a choice to make. Am I afraid of what's about to happen, or am I just going to rejoice for the found favor that I'm now walking in? See, most of us are afraid. We're afraid of the cost. We're afraid of the drama. We're afraid of the sacrifice. We're afraid of what people will think. We're afraid of what people will say. But hear me today, that every time heaven has an announcement of your life, you have a choice to make. Am I going to fear or am I going to rejoice for newfound favor? And I just want to tell somebody in this room that feels like Joseph, wear your coat. Wear your coat. Where your, your favor is not because you have favor. Your favor is because the Lord decided to favor you. Wear your coat. I'm sorry you don't like my coat. I'm sorry if it feels a little flashy for you. I'm sorry if you don't like what he's doing in my life. But it ain't me doing it. It's him doing it. And I'm not going to apologize to make you comfortable. I'm going to wear my coat. And if you don't like my coat, you can look somewhere else. But I'm going to wear my coat. If he decided to bring me favor, if he decided to bring me blessing, if he decided to bring me everything he decided he was going to give me, then I'm going to wear the coat that he has for me. I'm not going to keep that coat in the closet and only bring it out on Sundays. No, I'm going to wear favor on my life every single day. I'm going to have favor at the job. I'm going to wear favor at my home. I'm going to wear favor with my family. And I don't care if you're not comfortable with the favor on my life. It wasn't me who brought it to me. It was the Lord that was with me. And if you have a problem with what he's doing in my life, I can't help that for you. I'll pray for you but I'm going to wear the coat of favor that God has on my life. And I shouldn't have to apologize for the new favor he's brought into my life to make you feel comfortable. For you found favor with God. You found favor with God. You found favor with God. You found, there's found favor with God. That's why you can go through the same thing other family members go through, but you don't have to carry it the way the others carry it. Because you found favor with the Lord. You found the favor of God to sit on your life. And it's not because you were good enough, it's because he's good enough. He said, now here it is. This is just the introduction. This is the introduction of identity. Found favor, but rejoice, blessed, highly favored among women. This is just, the, he's not even said anything yet. And she already gets trouble at just the introduction. And before he can get to the pronouncement, the declaration of what's about to take place, he has to bring her down to say, don't be afraid of this new season I'm about to bring you into. Heaven has come to tell you, don't be afraid of this. How can he do something new if you always want him to stay in what he used to be? He says, watch this. For behold, you will conceive in your womb, just in case you were wondering where conception takes place. Because she's a virgin. Come on, y'all. She, she hasn't been experienced yet. Just in case you're wondering where this is going to take place. I know you've been picking up eggs from the chicken pens. But you're about to conceive in your belly. 
Watch this. And bring forth a son, and his name will be called Jesus, and he will be great, and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom, just in case you're wondering, and of his kingdom, it didn't stop at COVID. Of his kingdom, it didn't stop, oh God have mercy, in 2021. It will stop at 2022, or 23, or 24, or 25, or 26, or 76, or 96, as long as the Lord tarries. And if he doesn't tarry, we're going into eternity with him. Of his kingdom, there will be no, it, it doesn't matter how much legislation you want to give, this kingdom will have no end. It doesn't matter how many, oh God have mercy. It doesn't matter how you persecute it. It doesn't matter how you talk about it. It doesn't matter how you try to stamp it or stifle it out. It doesn't matter what you try to do to it of his kingdom there will be no end. Listen to the prophecy of what heaven is conceiving in her. Watch this. Let me help somebody. The Lord will declare it to you and then develop it in you before it will ever come out of you. Let me say it to you again. That the Lord will declare it to you and then he will develop it in you before it will ever come out of you. Most of you want to hear it and then push it out. The problem is all you've got is the conception of what it is. But the longer it stays in, the more developed it becomes. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. This is why you don't conceive in the first week and then deliver in the second week. Because the longer it's on the inside of you, the more developed it becomes. <laughs> hear me today. Some of you, God has said things about you for 15 years. Listen to me. The longer it's on the inside, the more developed it becomes. Don't get mad because you're pregnant. Don't get mad because your feet are swollen. Don't get mad because your knees are swollen. Don't get mad because you've been carrying this thing a long time. Listen, the longer it's developed, the more developed it is when it comes out of you. And some of you are going to give birth to toddlers. Some of you are going to give birth to teenagers. Come on. And you're not going to have to feed them. You're not going to have to. They're coming out running. They're coming out dancing. They're coming out with their full form of faculties. Hear what I'm saying this morning. That God will speak it and then he will develop it. Slow your roll and let him do his work in his time. He will conceive. And after that season is over with, you will bring forth. See, the question is not whether you'll bring forth. The question is when you will bring forth. And the longer he, if he's the one who conceived it, then he ought to be the one to determine when it is you should push. But listen to her response. Here it is. You ready? How can this be? Since I don't have a man. I don't know a man. I've never been with a man. What, what you're saying is about to make manifestation in the natural realm of my life. I do not have the natural relationships to prove, prove it. I cannot bring conception into me on my own. And the only way I've seen other people ever give birth is when there is a man that has come into relationship with a woman and they connect in such a way in a level of intimacy to the point to where that takes place with conception and then eventually it brings forth. What she was communicating is, listen, the only way that I know this thing could ever happen to me, 
I don't have the experience or the intimate relationship with someone to produce. How can this be? I don't know a man. Does this sound familiar? I, I don't know a man. I, I don't have the right relationship. I, I don't have a connection with, uh, with, with someone mutually in an intimate way in the natural realm for this to make manifestation in my life. So the question is, how can this be? How is it that a supernatural thing is about to manifest in my life and I don't have any of the natural relationships or resources to produce it? This is not so far off from me and you. God releases a word into our life, and we try to go make it happen. Hear me today. You in your natural state, me in my natural state, cannot produce supernatural things. There is nothing you can— Listen, oh, God have mercy. I don't know when it happened, but somewhere along the way, humanism has crept into the church of America. Where we think, if we, I can do all things. No, you can't. You can't do all things. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how educated. You cannot do all things. The only way all things can make manifestation in your life is I can do all things through. Because Christ is the only one that has the power to do all things. You, you can't come in here and say it five times, jump around, dance on the floor, and roll three times this way, four times this way, get up and speak in tongues, and then it make manifestation. You can't do it. You, listen, if you can fulfill God's purpose for your life without God, I submit to you that it's not really God. And somewhere along the way, humanism has crept into the church of America to think we can make manifestation of supernatural things without the supernatural. How can this be? How can this be? This is why many of us are so frustrated with our lives, because we are trying to do in the natural realm what only the Spirit can do in our lives. How can this be? Since I don't know, I don't have intimate access to something that can produce something in the realm of what you're talking about, God. And then heaven answers the question. Look at verse 35. The Holy Spirit will. Ah, if you hear what I'm saying this morning. I know this is Christmas, and I know it's supposed to be all about Jesus. But I need you to understand, even at this moment, before the Christmas story is truly making manifestation, God already, heaven already comes in and answers the question, the Holy Spirit will. How am I going to do it? The Holy Spirit will do it. How is this going to happen? The Holy Spirit's going to make it happen. The Holy Spirit will do it. It's the only way. Listen, the Holy Spirit being upon you is the only way for you to really allow heaven's manifestation to take place in your life. The Holy Spirit is the only way we can do it. And most people want to live in the relationship of verse 28, the Lord is with you. But the desire of Jesus and the Father is that the Lord is not just Emmanuel. As a matter of fact, let me mess with this for a minute. Jesus said, it is imperative. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, I can't send you the comforter. I can't. Listen, I thank God for Jesus. Most of us want to be with Jesus. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me that I am 
them his own. Listen, I thank God for all of that. But Jesus said, if I don't get out of here, it's to your disadvantage. Because I don't want to just be the God to you. I don't want to just be the God with you. But I want to be the fullness of God making manifestation on the inside of you. Pastor, I don't know that I agree with that statement. Listen, if Jesus was still on this earth today, we would all have to go to Jerusalem to find him. We, because he can only be at one place, at one moment, at one time. And even his close friend Lazarus had to die because he took him four days to get to where he was. That's why he said it is imperative that I go away because I can have people in Africa and people in India and people in Asia and people in North America and people in South America and they can all pursue me at the same time. It's imperative that I get up out of here because the same spirit that raised me from the dead is now accessible to people 11 minutes ago and 10 minutes ago and 6 hours ago. I can be everywhere all at the same time. And he said, this is how it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit will. And I'm here today to tell you in this Christmas season, how are you going to make it two years from now? The Holy Spirit's going to help me make it. How did we make it through COVID? The Holy Spirit helped me through COVID. How did I make it through that divorce? The Holy Spirit helped me. How did I go through that hard time? The Holy Spirit did it. How did I go through this sickness? The Holy Spirit did it. How did I go through that financial ruin? The Holy Spirit made a way. I don't know how he did it, but I'm so glad he did. And that's a favor on my life is because he's not just God with me. He is God on the inside of me. It's joy unspeakable that is full of glory. Somebody give him praise in the place this morning. This is why you need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will. How is this going to happen in my life? The Holy Spirit will. How in the world am I going to make it through? The Holy Spirit's going to make it through. How in the world am I going to turn this situation? The Holy Spirit's going to turn this situation. How in the world am I going to walk in? The Holy Spirit's going to help me. Now, come on, y'all. This is the kind of power that you and I get to have in our life. Pastor, that sounds almost blasphemous. Uh-huh, let me help you here. Peter had the greatest master teacher in all of history for three and a half years. He watched miracles. He watched signs. He got the greatest teaching, the greatest mentorship, and the greatest leadership. But in the greatest crucible of his moment, where he had to choose Christ or deny Christ, he failed the test because teaching and leadership and mentorship is not the fullness of the answer for your life. But when he got full of the Holy Ghost, oh, I'm feeling old school now. Oh, I talked about the Holy Spirit. I feel the Holy Ghost now. When he got full of the Holy Ghost, uh, this same guy who would deny him in front of people and, uh, to the point to where he cursed about what Jesus was, to try to change. Oh, God, let me stop here to say. And they said, listen, that's not true for you because your language gives you away. Your accent gives you away. Listen to me today. You can act like you don't trust him. You can act like, but the problem is if you keep talking long enough, as a man speaketh in his heart, thinketh in his heart, so is it. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak and your language will give you away as to what you really believe. And I'm here today to tell you, sooner or later, you can complain and you can whine, but sooner or later on the inside of you go, you know what? This is, can't be true. I will not grieve the move of the Holy Spirit. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can even ask or think. He is able, not me. I'm not able to do exceedingly. I'm not able to do abundantly, but he is in my life and I trust in him. But when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he stood up in front of thousands of people and said, hold up, ladies and gentlemen, this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. 
he didn't have the power within him with all the training to fulfill the purpose of God by best being his friend. But when he had the Holy Ghost on the inside of him, he was able to stand in front of thousands, get, oh God, get crucified upside down when he walked off this earth because of the power of the Spirit of the Lord on the inside. Let me tell you, you're trying to serve God without God. You're trying to trust in God without God on the inside of you. Listen, the only way you have the power to fulfill purpose is if the same power that raised him from the dead now dwells on the inside of you. This is why I don't understand how you can go to a place, how you can worship in a place that doesn't believe in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It takes the Holy Spirit on you to make it happen. He told Mary, he said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, uh, in Isaiah chapter 61, the Spirit of the Lord is, and he has anointed me. And some people are trying to break people free, and you don't have the oil to do it. You're trying to pray family members free, but you don't have the oil to do it. it. It's not a matter of desire. It's not even a matter of purity. It's a matter of the spirit. So, this poses a very important question. Why is it that I need Holy Spirit? To fulfill God's plans for my life. Nick, do we have these on the screen? Because I wanted them to be on the screen. I didn't communicate that. So you'll have to come back next service to get these. You need to understand what he does. You need to understand what he does. Who he is. Oh, I could have spent time exhausting this. He is the spirit of grace. He is the spirit of truth. In the book of Isaiah, it describes him as the spirit of wisdom. Hear me today, who he is. But, but I wanted to go from who he is to what he does. And just in case you're wondering, he is a he. He's not some gas. He's not some ethereal cloud thingy, I'm a bobber. He's a he. He has emotions. You can grieve him. You can hurt his feelings. You can take him into places that he does not want to go. And you can stay and he can leave. Or you can leave with him and y'all can stay together. Okay. And I wanted to move past his identity to what Holy Spirit does. This is, this is the reason why you very, not very often will hear me say the Holy Spirit. Because he is a he. You don't call me the Glenn. Right? Oh, hey, the Glenn. You may say I'm the pastor. You're talking about position, not relation. And most of us only serve him out of position, not relation. So, in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, Holy Spirit helps us. 
In John chapter 16, verse 13, Holy Spirit guides us. In John chapter 14, verse 26, Holy Spirit teaches us. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, Holy Spirit talks to us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, Holy Spirit reveals things to us. In Acts chapter 8, verse 29, the Holy Spirit instructs us. In, in John chapter 15, verse 26, the Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus to us. In, in Acts chapter 9, verse 31, Holy Spirit comforts us. In Acts chapter 32, uh, 13, verse 2, Holy Spirit calls us. In Acts 4, verse 31, Holy Spirit fills us. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, Holy Spirit gives us access to the Father. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 5, Holy Spirit enables us to wait for the Lord. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 28, Jesus said this, Holy Spirit gives us the power to cast out demons. He can cast out demons through us. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, Holy Spirit strengthens us. In, Holy, in Romans chapter 8, Holy Spirit prays for us. Why do I need the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit does a whole lot for us, y'all. You hear what I'm saying? In, in, in Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, Holy Spirit prophesies through us. In Romans chapter 9, verse 1, Holy Spirit bears witness to the truth. And, you know, if we ever needed a time where we needed the Holy Spirit to come in to help us bear witness to what's real and what's truth, to what's, oh God, what's propaganda and what's truth. We need Holy Spirit now more than ever. In Romans chapter 9 verse 1, he bears witness to truth. In 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 6, Holy Spirit brings us joy. In second, could it be that the reason why you're depressed? Could it be the reason why you're full of anxiety? It's because you don't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you to the point where he'll bring you joy that is unspeakable, that you can go through the hardest season of your life and still have joy. Even when you're not happy, you can still have joy, joy, joy down in your heart. Huh. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 17, Holy Spirit brings us freedom. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, Holy Spirit brings, uh, helps us, our, give us the ability to obey the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 3, 18, Holy Spirit transforms us. In 1 Corinthians 3, 16, Holy Spirit lives in us. In Romans chapter 8, verse 2, Holy Spirit frees us. In Titus chapter 3, verse 5, Holy Spirit renews us. Uh, in, Holy, in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, Holy Spirit leads us. In John 16, verse 8, Holy Spirit convicts us. In 2 Thessalonians 2.13, Holy Spirit sanctifies us. In Acts chapter 1, Holy Spirit empowers us. Watch this. In, in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13, Holy Spirit seals us. In, in, in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3 through 4, Holy Spirit unites us. In Isaiah chapter 61, 1 through 4, Holy Spirit anoints us. But watch this is where I want to land today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 8 through 10, Holy Spirit gives us supernatural gifts. If you want to live, listen, you don't need a cape. You don't need a spider to bite you. You don't need gamma rays. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. You don't need to be Daddy Warbucks with a whole lot of money to buy the right armor and toys around you in the middle of the night to be the Cape Crusader. You don't need to run around and try to be a Marvel or try to be a DC comic. You don't have to. Listen, there is a supernatural manifestation called the gifts of the Spirit. It's not the gifts of purity. It's no God have mercy. It's not the gifts of religion. It's not the gifts of Christianity. Hear me today. It's not even the gifts of Jesus. Jesus gave us gifts 
gifts. He said, and I gave, Christ gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. These are the gifts of Jesus. But the gifts of the Spirit is gifts of wisdom, the discerning of spirits, the gifts of healing, the gifts of prophecy, the gifts of tongues, and interpretation of those tongues. There are nine gifts that come with the manifestation of having Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Maybe that doesn't strike your fancy. You don't need supernatural gifts. Well, not only does he bring gifts, he also grows fruit. He also grows fruit. And the problem is we're nutty but not fruity. We look like a bunch of nuts when really what he's called us to do is grow fruit. You need love today, Holy Spirit comes upon you. You have love. You need joy today, Holy Spirit will come upon you and grow joy on the inside. You need self-control today, Holy Spirit will come upon you and he'll begin to grow the spirit of self-control on the inside. If you need love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, Holy Spirit, faithfulness, self-control, gentleness, all you angry, aggressive people, self-control, Gentleness, faithfulness, all of these things are manifestation when the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, come on, Chrisette. Holy Spirit is the one who's calling for Jesus' return. What the world needs now is Holy Ghost, sweet Holy Ghost. He's the only one. Hear me today. You don't need another sermon. You need the Holy Ghost. You don't need another counseling appointment. He is the counselor. He is the comforter. You need the Holy Spirit. Whatever you need is available when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, he came upon Mary because it was not yet his time. Because it was only until Jesus hung on the cross, the Bible says, and he... It was only until Jesus gave up the ghost that you and I had the power and the ability to take him in. All through, God have mercy. All throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, you'll see where the Spirit would come up on people. Only in John the Baptist would you find someone full of the Holy Ghost. And let me just tell you, he was full of the Holy Ghost and he was still a fetus. I'll let that live right there. But when John, Jesus gave up the ghost... You and I now have the ability to not just have him up on us. But now, according to Paul, you and I are the temple, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. You know what you need on this Christmas day, this Christmas season? It's not a gift of healing. It's not a gift of discerning of spirits. It's not the gift of wisdom. You need the giver. Pastor, you don't know what it is, what I'm going through. I'm so glad you're going through something. Because when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit 
will make groanings for us. When we don't even know what to say, the Holy Spirit, oh, God says, he knows how to pray for us because according to Scripture, he prays according to the will of the Father. Many of us pray according to the will of our emotions, the will of our flesh, the will of what looks easiest to us. But when Holy Spirit prays for us, he prays according to the will of the Father. And you and I, we always pray thy will be done, but then we transition, and the actual will is being prayed. Holy Spirit comes out, and he grabs the will of the Father and says, now, Father, this is what you said about your daughter. This is what you said about your son, and he's praying according to the will of the Father. It is in agreement with God, what God had pronounced from the beginning. This week, as I've been laying before the Lord, I said, Lord, what would you have us do today? He said, son, I want to fill my people. I want, I want them to be full this Christmas. Full again. Joyful. Because he is wonderful. He is the God that is full of wonder. Stand with me all over this room this morning. I'm going to ask my prayer team to come forward today. Come on, come on, elders, help me here. Prayer team, intercessors, help me here. Today, heads about, eyes are closed. This is a Holy Spirit gas station. And maybe you're running on E. Maybe you've been living on E. You've never had the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Or maybe you have Holy Spirit on the inside. At another time, I'll talk to you about the difference between a measure of the Spirit and being baptized. It's another day. You've never been baptized. You've never gone down in the fullness of the fire that Jesus baptizes in the Holy Spirit. That's scripture. Today, maybe you're running on empty, and you it's been a long time since you've been full of the Spirit. You're so busy looking for a spirit-filled church. Maybe it is that God's been looking for a spirit-filled person. He's been looking to fill you. Today, maybe you've never been filled with the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you have been, but you're no longer full. But today, there's a yearning, there's a desire for the fullness of the Spirit of the Lord to be, listen, I want people to lap up the overflow of Him in my life. 
I don't want them to see the overflow of bitterness, the overflow of dysfunction, the overflow of depression, the overflow of anxiety. I want what comes out of the opening of my life and my mouth to be the overflow of the fullness of him on the inside of me. Does anybody feel that way this morning? Come on, if you're in this room today, before we leave this place, and you say, Pastor, I have, I have yet to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Or, 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 Lord, or, or, Pastor, I have been full of the Holy Spirit, but I'm on a season where I just need to be filled again. I'm on empty, and I need him to be overflowing in my life. Listen, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just get out of your seat and meet one of our prayer team members in the front today. Pastor, that's me. That's me. That's me. I'm in this situation. I'm in this season. I need to be filled again. Life has tried to drain me of my purpose. Life has tried to pull me. It's tried to drain me. There have been cracks in my life, and, and Holy Spirit's been leaking out of me, not pouring out of me. And today, I want to be fresh and anew. I want to be filled again. I want to be filled for the first time. Father, in the name of Jesus. It's my desire. Come on, if that's you, just move out of your seat. If you're not moving, just worship with me here. Come on. Come on.
worship all over this room right here. Feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Come on, just speak worship. Just speak worship. Come on, use your words. We pray with our understanding. We pray in the Spirit. We sing with our understanding. We sing in the Spirit. get laryngitis now. Come on, don't close up shop now. Don't be ashamed now. Oh God, we desire you. Fill us, God. We desire to be spirit-filled. That we may walk in the fullness of the Spirit. worship for a minute. just felt the Lord is the right song, but it, we'll get caught singing, not praising, not worshiping. Come on, I just feel like he's wanting to change somebody's language today. Come on, I don't want you to get caught up in a song. I want you to get caught up in his presence. Come on, lift your voice in worship all over this room. Lift your voice, lift your voice. Come on, we got to gather together and tarry in one place. again. Knock over everything, Lord, that needs to be knocked over. Let cloven tongues of fire sit upon each of us, Lord. Let us be filled with your spirit, O oh God. Come on, come on, we're at about a five. I want to take it to at least a seven or an eight right here. Pray with me. Come on, I feel a wave of the glory of the Lord in this room. Oh, we desire you. We desire you. Fill us again, Lord. Take us to overflow again, God. Life has tried to drain us. Family has tried to drain us. Ministry has tried to drain us. Work has tried to drain us. We long to be filled with your glory again, oh God. Oh, he's filling somebody watching on live stream right now. Oh, open up your mouth. The glory of the Lord. 